0: Welcome, I'm Connor Beaton and today we're going to talk about anger as a form of forgiveness. I'm going to start by reading a a quick quote uh, by a guy named David White. He's got some incredible work and recently I dug into his book called Consolations, the solace, nourishment, and underlying meaning of everyday words. In it, David basically, he's a, he's a poet, philosopher, and in it he basically takes a single word and, and unpacks its meaning, in really its truest sense or as close as he can get uh, using other words. So here's a quick quote from David White. To forgive is to assume a larger identity than the person who was first hurt. To forgive is to assume a larger identity than the person who was first hurt. Hurt. So in here, I really feel like he has captured the essence of what it means to forgive, in the sense that we have to, as he says, assume a larger identity than the person who was first hurt. And oftentimes when we experience heartbreak, when we experience loss or grief, or there is a feeling of betrayal, a longing for Something to have unfolded differently than it than it did. We need to move towards a space where we can uh, take on a a larger perspective. That forgiveness, in essence, requires us to have a larger perspective than the one that we entered into the pain with, than we entered into the hurt with. So, you know, if we, for example, go through a breakup in a relationship. Um, and you know, the relationship ends in such a way where we don't really understand why it has to end and maybe one person leaves, you leave or the other person has left and there's more questions than anything else. It can feel like a tremendous amount of disappointment and frustration of not knowing, and we can spend hours and days and weeks and months ruminating over trying to answer questions that never seem to end. And at some point, the questioning actually becomes a larger problem than the need to forgive, because we hold on to our pain with the unanswered questions. So how do we start to move through it? Well, first, we need to come to terms with the sense of anger, whether this is uh because of grief, a loss of someone, whether it's because of, you know, a, a failed business or a failed relationship. One of the first things that we almost always need to do on this on the path of forgiveness is recognize, face, embody, and understand our own anger. And I'm going to read you another uh part here from his writing. And this is specifically about anger. Here we go. Anger is. The deepest form of compassion for another, for the world, for the self, for a life, for the body, for a family, and for all our ideals, all vulnerable and all possibly about to be hurt. Stripped of physical imprisonment and violent reaction, anger is the purest form of care. The internal living flame of anger always illuminates what we belong to, what we wish to protect, and what we are willing to hazard ourselves for. What we usually call anger is only what is left of its essence when we are overwhelmed by its accompanying vulnerability, when it reaches the lost surface of our mind or our body's incapacity to hold it, or when it touches the limits of our understanding. What we name as anger is actually only the incoherent physical incapacity to sustain this deep form of care in our outer daily life, the unwillingness to be large enough and generous enough to hold what we love helplessly in our bodies or our minds with the clarity and breadth of our whole being. So I love this little passage about anger. I think that it speaks volumes about our relationship to anger and what anger really means. You know, he starts off by saying, anger is the deepest form of compassion. That to be angry in the first place, to experience anger in the first place, is in some ways to take the first step in understanding another person, another perspective, another culture, Because we can witness and recognize that there is something within us that is calling us to take a closer look. I also really appreciate the uh, essence of what he's talking about when he says uh, what we wish to protect and what we are willing to hazard ourselves for. Anger, in in many ways, you may have heard me say this before, anger is simply information. And often it's information that's pointing us in a direction that we need to look, that we absolutely need to go, and whether that's within ourselves, within our minds, within our emotional body, to understand our own pain, our own hurt or sadness, to ask a deeper question about why we are taking certain actions within our relationships, why we automatically move towards certain coping mechanisms when we feel alone or sad. But anger is the vehicle that can drive us there. And for many of us, anger has been disowned, disassociated, put down, rejected, or left on a shelf years and years ago in our childhood That <laughs> that's labeled, don't touch this, <laughs> right? Maybe we grew up in households that said anger is a negative experience. Anger only leads to heartbreak or harm or hurt. Maybe we grew up in households where that's what we witnessed, where we saw uh, parents or siblings use anger as a weapon of destruction or harm. Maybe we grew up in school environments or work environments where anger was used to belittle the people around us or to make us feel smaller or, or weaker. Maybe it's something that we have always reeled from. Maybe it is the exact thing that makes us feel out of control. Maybe it is our drug. Maybe it is the exact thing that we need to have a healthier relationship with in order to feel a greater sense of ease and flow in our life. Maybe we feel out of control because we feel out of anger or we feel so consumed by it that we can't seem to escape it. So what does this have to do with forgiveness? Well, anger is one of the greatest access points that we can have for forgiveness. I'm going to read you another passage from David White. And uh, first, just a quick quote by Brene Brown uh, in her manifesto from Vulnerability. She says, Vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, accountability, and authenticity. White ties into this by saying, what we have named as anger on the surface is the violent outer response to our own inner sense of powerlessness, a powerlessness connected to such a profound sense of rawness and care that it can find no proper outer body or identity or voice or way of life to hold it. What we call anger is often simply the unwillingness to live the full measures of our fears or of our not knowing in the face of our love for a wife, in the depth of our caring for a son, in our wanting the best in the face of simply being alive and loving those with whom we live. Our anger breaks to the surface most often through our feeling. There is something profoundly wrong with this powerlessness and vulnerability. Anger in its pure state is the measure of the way we are implicated in the world and made vulnerable through love in all its specifics. So here, you know, this this idea that anger in some ways is kind of like the... uh, Kind of like when you go bowling for the first time and you throw the bowling ball down the alley, and instead of there being gutters, there are the rails. And, you know, we I think most of us have learned how to bowl by using the rails to kind of bounce back and forth and try and find a sense of center. And in many ways, anger is that same form. It is usually seen as an external expression of something that we are experiencing internally. And in order for us to really find a deep, resound sense of forgiveness, we must surely see the sense of powerlessness that we initially feel, and that that anger that usually arises within us is because of a sense of powerlessness, because of a sense of hopelessness, because of a sense of hopelessness that the pain that we feel because of a divorce or the loss of a child or the loss of a parent will never go away, or the pain of this sense of failure, the guilt and the shame that we feel for our actions, for the infidelity uh, within a relationship, for the lies that we have told a partner or uh, a friend or a family member—that that shame and guilt will never go away. That we that we experience a sense of powerlessness to these emotions, right? And so, in its simplest form, anger is the gateway to forgiveness in so many ways because it is teaching us where we feel hopeless, helpless, and powerlessness. It is teaching us where we are reacting to a sense of not feeling in control. And that in-controlness is actually a signal of where we need to heal. It's It's a sign of where we can bring compassion, where we can bring more awareness and empathy and attention. But White goes on to say, anger truly felt... At its center is the essential living flame of being fully alive and fully here. It is a quality to be followed to its source, to be prized, to be tended, and an invitation to finding a way to bring that source fully into the world through making the mind clearer and more generous, the heart more compassionate, and the body larger and strong enough To hold it. What we call anger on the surface only serves to define its true underlying quality by being a complete but absolute mirror opposite of its true internal essence. And finally, he says forgiveness. Forgiveness is a heartache and difficult to achieve because strangely, it not only refuses to eliminate the original wound but actually draws us closer to its source. To approach forgiveness is to close in on the nature of the hurt itself. The only remedy being as we approach its raw center to reimagine our relation to it. So here, I think to just close this, uh, to close this podcast episode, It is a reminder that anger when we are hurt, anger when we have felt betrayed or abandoned or neglected or let down, or we feel like we have been the one that has done all of those things to someone else and we are carrying around the sadness and the shame and the guilt for the actions that we have taken, anger is the thing that can bring us closer to the center of the wound that we have experienced of the pain that we have caused someone or ourselves or that has been dished upon us. And it can bring us closer into the center of that pain so that we can find its essence. And once we know it at its core, it is in essence integrated because we know what that experience is like. We know what the core of it is like. And when we integrate something, it can dissipate. Right? What we integrate dissipates. That's probably something good to write down. And we can only integrate that by going deep into what that experience is like. This is why the heart of being able to overcome anxiety is by moving so deep into the anxiety that we understand where it is coming from, why it is there. We understand the essence of it. We understand the actual energy that is producing the anxiety itself, not just the ruminating thoughts that happen over and over again, but the actual essence of the anxiety. So, too, do we have to find the essence of our wound, of our pain, of our hurt. Your pain has a purpose. And the challenge is that many of us, men and women alike, have grown up in households where we are told or taught or shown in some way, shape, or form to ignore our pain, to ignore the hurt, to pour whiskey and tequila over top of it to to smoke it away to snort it away to fuck it away to drink it away to watch porn until you can't feel it anymore so we have to be able to go into it in order to understand it this is the essence of the hero's journey that at some point the hero will be called to embark upon a journey that will take him into the darkest cave into the the height of battle where he or she is unsure about whether or not they will escape alive, where they will come out the other side. But it's in the darkest, deepest parts of the cave of our own shadow, of our own pain, of our own hurt, that we find the greatest treasures, that we have the deepest sense of knowing. And this is, in essence, the difference between understanding something rationally and knowing it at its depth. We can rationally understand why we're hurt But it leaves us lacking in a state of knowing, which is an experiential, body-oriented, mind-oriented, soul-oriented experience. And once we know what something is like, it can be released. So this is all to say, embrace the anger. Don't direct it at other people because that's aggression. Don't weaponize it. Don't villainize it. Embrace it. Notice what it feels like. Become intimate with your anger and allow it to take you to the depths of your forgiveness. Allow it to provide the sense of courage to be vulnerable enough to go into the pain that you feel, the sadness that you feel, the hurt that you feel from the betrayal, from the letdown, from the failures, from not getting the promotion, from the health issues within your family, from the from the frustration that you feel from wanting so badly to help support, quote unquote, change the people around you and feeling helpless or powerless in your ability to actually enact change in their life, to wanting to support the alcoholic parent, the addicted child, and knowing that they have their own journey. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, please share it. If you really enjoyed this, share it with one person. Feel free to tag me uh, on whatever platform. It's at Talks, on Instagram, uh, on Facebook. I would love to hear what you think about this episode. And if you enjoyed it, please leave a rating and review. Uh, and go check out David White's stuff. It's David, and then the last name is W-H-Y-T-E. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's Connor Beaton signing off.